Happy 4th of July. I know it's tomorrow, but happy 4th of July. We'll start early. Can we start early? How many got plans for 4th of July? No plans? Sometimes that's good. Sometimes no plans is good. So happy birthday, America. Um, I wasn't quite sure because I'm mathematically challenged what birthday year it was for America. So I looked on Google, who is always right. Uh, and it says that we are 246 years old tomorrow. So uh, it's been said that freedom is never free. You're going to have to excuse me. Um, I was telling our, uh, our group this morning that I am somewhat of a patriot, actually a whole lot. Uh, grew up in a military family. My wife serves in the Navy um, as we speak. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you have served or you currently serve, can you raise your hand? Okay, all right, and as a matter of fact, stand up. Can you stand up so we can honor you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. It's because of you that we have freedoms and people who have done the same thing before you. Um, that's why we have our freedom. And so let me ask this. How many of you in this church were not born in America? Is that anybody by chance? All right, anybody else? Okay, what makes this church special is that you don't have to be from this nation to be a part of this church. Matter of fact, we prefer it that way. Not that if you're from here, that, you guys took that wrong, didn't you? That came out totally wrong, didn't it? Well, I was born here, East LA. So <laughs> okay, Dominguez. So I was born in America. So it didn't, that's not what I meant. What I'm saying is I meant that the inclusivity, the, di the diversity, all that, because the reason why is the same thing that is going to make this church great is what makes heaven great. And the Bible says in Revelation that one day all around his throne, people from every nation, every tribe, every language are going to be around his throne worshiping him. And so if we can do that here, it's a glimpse of what we're going to see in heaven. And I feel like that if we can do that here, it's a good indicator to the world that God can do some amazing things, especially with everything that's going on. So, um, so uh, it's a very, very clear statement to the world uh, that God is real and that he's here. Uh, and so since not everybody is here, uh, everybody here is not from America, let me kind of just rehash our story, if you guys would allow me to do that. Now, I'm no historian Okay, I did a lot of research, um, but I am, like I said, I, I love our nation. I love our country. I, I believe it's the best thing on this side of heaven. Uh, and maybe I'm biased, but I think we should be, right? And so regardless of everything that's going on, I'm glad that God put me here. Because I've traveled the world. I've been to other places, and I've seen what people have and what they don't have. And I've seen what people go through. So... Back in 1620, this is going to sound like Thanksgiving, but it's not. A ship called the Mayflower transported some English separatists, also known as pilgrims. They set sail from Plymouth, England to Plymouth, Massachusetts. If anything is not accurate, you can pull me aside later, but I'm running with it. About 102 people uh, and a small crew made the trip over. They were willing to risk everything to pursue their spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom that they longed for. 
as I was preparing this message, which kind of came to me in the 11th hour, by the way, it was kind of neat how it worked out because uh, my other message that I was working on, I decided to save it. It just wasn't coming out the way that I thought it would. And so kind of midweek, I kind of shifted gears, something you really don't want to do, um, but, but I did. I felt like God was uh, saying to do that, and I felt like it li- really lined up with the, with the holiday. Uh, and then I come in this morning, and our worship leader, DJ, says, you know, God really put this scripture on my heart, and it was our, it was our flagship scripture today. And I thought that, thank you, Lord, that made me feel so much better about what you want to do. And I feel like God has a message for us. But as I was uh, preparing this message, so, some questions come up to my mind, you know, and you'll, you'll hear these questions as we, as we go along today. But one of the ones that jump out right away is, how far would you go to be able to find freedom to worship God if you were oppressed? How far would you go? For other people, they would go very far. They leave their country, they leave their nation, they flee to try to go somewhere else so that they can express their worship uh, to God. And so as we celebrate the 4th of July, also known as Independence Day, um, our independence and our freedom obviously was not free. It cost something. And it gives us the freedoms that somehow we just take for granted so easily, don't we? And so I want to pause for a moment and say thank you again to those who have served and those of you who had family members who paid the ultimate price because that's what it took. I was in uh, Jerusalem uh, in Israel uh, in February and I noticed how really connected that nation was. Um, And one of the things that I have to kind of put my finger on that helps that is that all of them are required to serve in the military after they become adults. I think it's two years and they serve their nation. And so they come out really, really connected and with a real patriotism, a real fever pitch, you know, liking to their nation because you know what? They've, they've had to pay a price. Anyway, back to our history lesson. On July 4th, 1776, America declared her independence. She declared her independence from a tyrannical government that tried to tell them when, where, and how they were allowed to worship. Thirteen colonies joined together and would lead to the formation of the United States of America. It was an awesome day, or what we now know as the United States of America. Uh, And so... Just as awesome as it was back then, it's just as awesome today. Uh, I feel that in my heart, uh, and I will, you know, I'll, I'll blast those horns all day. Uh, so if you realize it or not, what happened back then didn't just affect our nation. It affected the rest of the world. It became a model for others who said if they can break away and declare independence and freedom then maybe we can too. And so other nations in America, I mean in in the world, have their eye on America. America became a beacon of freedom to the whole world. America's freedom began with the Declaration of Independence, but it didn't end there. It did not end there. It took thousands and thousands of men and women who were willing to sacrifice, say sacrifice, 
willing to sacrifice everything they had for our freedoms that we enjoy now. So we're brought here today because of their sacrifice. And war is never pretty. No matter how it's carried out, no matter how it's um, expressed, no matter how you look at it, the cost is great in lives and in resources and in land and all kinds of stuff. But if you're living under oppression and you had no freedoms and you knew that you had no hope, maybe the best way to say it is that it would be your only hope that someone would come to save you so that you'd be able to bring, uh, they would be able to bring freedom to you and to those who you live with. And so it took the sacrifice of many sons and daughters who chose to stand against the British Empire at the time. And so when we think about July 4th, we think of cookouts. And we think of grilling burgers and dogs and, and illegal fireworks. How many like illegal fireworks in Las Vegas? I was coming home from our music rehearsal last Friday. Just on the freeway, there must have been five or six places. You know, I mean, I thought they were the casinos. I mean, it's the big stuff. You know, on the freeway with my windows up, I can hear the, you know, the pop, pop, pop. And, but I enjoyed it. Um, I hope they, I don't know if they got caught or not. Anyway, um, you know, when I first got here, I noticed it was 360-degree fireworks. If you didn't get it from the casinos, you got it from your neighbors. <laughs> and so, no judgment if you have illegal fireworks. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, man. But our fireworks represent something that wasn't pretty back then. And so we have fireworks, but they had what our national anthem calls bombs in the air. They were bursting in the air. That was their fireworks back then. So what we celebrate with today wasn't a celebration back then. And it was real destruction happening at, the, at that time. And so this is a reminder that Liberty and freedom has a price tag. Freedom has a cost. And freedom is never free. And so our freedoms in America were bought by the blood of many men and women who fought for the principles and privileges we enjoy. And they were more, more than willing to pay that price. But it all began when our forefathers came here so that they could worship God freely. Say worship freely. They were determined by their hearts without a government telling them when, where, and how they could worship. The founders of our Constitution believed in the true principles of liberty and freedom, which they believed were God-given rights that were to be given to all men, not just a select few, not just a privileged few. They took a stand, fought for their beliefs and convictions, which were based on God's word. And again, it's another reminder that freedom comes with spilled blood when you think about it. What a cost freedom has. And today we have these freedoms we now enjoy, and as I mentioned earlier, we sometimes take for granted, including myself. Sometimes things become so normal you just don't think about them anymore. And like I said, I've traveled to quite a few foreign countries, and every once in a while I'll pass by a U.S. embassy. And I'll see the flag flowing. Old glory, as it's called. And I'll just feel this sense of patriotism and 
and magnanimous kind of pride. You know, knowing that that's where I come from and that God has his thumbprint on this nation. So when I see the stars and stripes of our American flag, something patriotic just just hits me, especially when when you're somewhere else. And I mean it when I say this. We live in the greatest country this side of heaven. Regardless of where you stand on certain issues, we are still the greatest country. In my heart, I believe that because of what people have done and what God has done. To me, it's very clear that God has a plan for this place. And I believe that it's worth doing anything and everything to defend her and to fight for her. And I don't know if you've realized it, there's a lot of our freedoms that are under attack now. And they're, you know, pulling the Bible out of places, they're pulling prayer out of places, schools, institutions that were based on those very things. And we're starting to see this kind of turn. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, in my opinion, we're not considered a Christian nation anymore. We live in a post-Christian time, a post-Christian era where the things that were convictions for us were normal. But it's not like that anymore. I promise you I'm getting to my message, okay? I'm enjoying this. On January 6, 1941, Franklin D. Roosevelt gave his State of the Union address, and he said this, that our nation was founded on four foundational freedoms. He said we are founded on these four essential human freedoms. Number one, the freedom of speech. Number two, the freedom of every person to worship God. Number three, the freedom from want and the freedom from fear. And you really don't appreciate freedom until it is threatened or taken away. And like I said, all you have to do is look around and notice that some of these things are threatened. You can't do what you used to do. Uh, I believe it was March 15, 2020. That was two years ago. This might ring a bell, but... uh, If I was looking at the calendar correctly, that was the last Sunday before the pandemic hit. And I believe that had we known that was going to be our last Sunday for about a year or so, I believe this place would have been packed, number one, and I believe we would have worshipped differently. And so we had no idea. The plan was to go for 15 to 30 days, I think was the original. Some other places were kind of making their plans. And then it extended, and then it extended, and it extended, and then we went for a long period of time without the ability to meet together. I don't know what that did to you, but I know what it did to me. It affected me. And and there was there's something God's church was meant to be a living organism together. Together. And because we couldn't meet, and I get it. We get it. We have uh, doctors here. We have medical professionals here. I get it. And I'm not choosing a side. What I'm saying is what happens when the church doesn't meet? There is an effect. But I say that this place would have been packed. 
And I say we would have worshipped differently for two reasons. First, to remind us that we are blessed to live where we live. Secondly, to take time to thank God for allowing us to be where we are. As Pastor Matt alluded to earlier this morning, or maybe it was DJ, that we get to, we get to worship freely. There are nations outside of America that will fight for one page of the Bible that's collecting dust in our house. I remember watching a, uh, it was a uh, presentation by uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. And he was doing one of his leadership things. It wasn't even a church meeting. But he was talking about, uh, you know, the proper way to present a, a need as, as, as a fundraiser. And so he used this example. He said, for some of you who know, I'm a pastor. And he said, we'd like to send Bibles. And there's one nation. He showed this picture of this guy who didn't speak English. And they brought Bibles. He got one Bible and began to weep and scream in his language just yelling and celebrating. And there were thousands of people at this conference, and a lot of them weren't even believers. And after he showed that clip, the whole place erupted in applause. But they don't realize the, the push and the vision and the, and the mission that we have. It was effective what Pastor Greg Rochelle did, what you do, but, but the point is this. Here in America... Where that is a celebration, we, we do, we take for granted. And I know places that will. If you, they'll, they'll say, please, one page, just one, just tear it out. Just leave us with one page. They can't have a whole one because it's illegal. But I'm thankful for our nation and for the stars and stripes that represent our freedom and independence. And freedom and liberty that we talk so much about right now. It's not our idea. That was God's idea. Not only was it his idea, he's the originator of it. And the Bible talks about freedom. And the Bible talks about liberty. And we're going to get into this today as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about our spiritual freedom in Christ and how the Holy Spirit plays a role in extending those freedoms, extending them for us, meaning they don't have to cease or they don't have to stop. So please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, sorry. <clears throat> uh, if you don't have something to read from, you could just follow along on the screen. But it says this, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit now, if you look, that's a capital S. Okay, it's a name. It's a person. The Lord is the Spirit. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that the Spirit and God the Father and God the Son are one. And we talked about how God the Father is set apart. He is holy, and he's on his throne, and he always has been. And then we talked about how uh, Jesus, the Son, the Savior, came to earth, did what he was called to do, and he became our savior. He died for us. But then the Bible says his last words to the disciples, or as he was leaving, um, he said, I'm going to send you a helper. Uh, as he's descending, he, the, the next words, we won't go there, but the Bible says Jesus took his seat next to God the Father. 
He took his seat. He sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the, uh, uh, the part of the Godhead that is active on the earth right now. And the one that we should be calling on to help us. And when we talk about being free, I'm not just talking about your liberties. I'm talking about the ability to do what God has called you to do. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, uh, faces behold, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so we see here that God wants, wants us to be free. Again, this was his idea, but it begs another question. He wants us free from what? What does he want us to be free from? He wants us to be free from eternal damnation, eternal separation from him. We know that, right? And so we gladly accept that part. The part where it says, you know, when the pastor, I don't know about you, but I used to hate this part. People would invite me to church, and I'm like, oh, man, it's going to get to the end where he's going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes, and the pressure's going to be on me, and my heart's going to be pounding because I know I'm supposed to respond, but I don't want to. Anybody been like that before? Mm-hmm. And so we like that part. Eventually, we'll give in. Some of us will have a born-again experience where we, we give our life to God. We invite him into our hearts. That magic prayer that has no magic words, it's just, it's just from your heart. And you begin your relationship with God. But just like the physical freedoms that our nation enjoys, that we talked about so heavily this morning, the spiritual freedoms that God provides aren't free either. He gladly provides for, for us, but like all freedoms, it didn't come free. And there's a lot of similarities because the liberties that we enjoy today came with the cost of spilled blood. Well, guess what? We don't get heaven without spilled blood. Freedom came at a cost. 1 Peter 3:18 and 19 says this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. You see, way back in Genesis, man fell into Satan's trap. And because of what Adam and Eve did, we were enslaved. Genesis 3 says that the devil is the father of all lies. And so that means that he takes the truth and he twists it and he misrepresents it. And he sugarcoats it and he dresses it up to look like something that's good. But it's not. The problem is we fall for it so easily. And let me tell you, nobody would ever, ever go in and participate in any kind of sin if they saw the real story. If they saw what came about in the end but we don't have the privilege of, of seeing specifically how that affects us. But the Bible tells us very clearly what happens. The devil, he puts nice wrapping. He's the master of lies. He's the master of disguise. And we fall for it. 
But because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, he became the substitute for us. A lot of this is kind of a rehash for some of you. You guys know this, but we're going to take it further. We should have been up on that cross, right? That should have been us. Jesus did nothing. We're the ones, we were the offenders. We should have been paying the price for our own sin, but he did it for us. Instead, it was him. He traded our unrighteousness for his righteousness. That's what we call salvation. Because of what Jesus did, he made a way. God who is set apart and who is holy, there's no way in our own strength, through our own power, that we could ever do anything that would equal enough to be in his presence. It just won't work. When we trust in him alone and we believe that he died for us and confesses, uh, we confess our sins and receive him as savior, we have freedom from spiritual death and we make heaven our home. Again, that's called salvation. So yes, God wants us to be free from eternal separation from him and he made a way. But our freedom doesn't stop there. We don't receive Jesus as savior and then immediately die so that we can get to heaven. When I think about it, that would probably be the most merciful thing for some of us. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but I would get saved on a Sunday and be back to the way I was on a Tuesday, Wednesday, especially by Friday, Saturday. <laughs> it's almost like if I got saved that Sunday, it'd be better if I died so I knew I made it to heaven. Anyway, <sighs> clear your mind, clear your mind. Some of you are like, wow, that was, <laughs> how about we go to the next point? Freedom starts with salvation. Say starts. It's only the beginning. Freedom starts with salvation and extends into eternity. So it begs another question as I'm throwing this message together. What happens between now and heaven? What happens between now and heaven? The one milestone that we love, give our lives to Jesus, punch our ticket, into heaven. But there's more than that. There's more than that. We remain here on earth, in our earthly bodies. And while we're in our earthly bodies, we have to deal with something called the flesh. Anybody get fleshy sometimes? You get a little fleshy. You know, you leave church and then something happens, someone runs you off the road, and that flesh starts to go, uh uh, no, you don't. And your fingers start to tingle, and some start to bend. That's, that's flesh. That's the flesh. We have this civil war that goes on inside of us. We have the flesh. That is just our nature. We, we are good at it. We don't have to be taught. But then we have the redeemed spirit in us. And now we're having, to, we're having this tug of war and this competition between who's going to show up when something happens. But what about when something doesn't happen? What if it's just your every day? Who shows up? Our flesh knows what it wants. And when we get fleshy, it means nothing will satisfy the flesh except sin. Now here's the thing. This is coming from my other message. <laughs> you know, temptation in itself is not wrong. Matter of fact, it's very normal. It's when you act on it, the Bible says, 
that it becomes sin. And so the flesh tears and fights and it'll get in your head. It'll, it'll get in your very being. We're having to wrestle against the flesh. John 8 says, whoever sins becomes a servant of sin. But here's the problem. The devil knows this. He knows your flesh very well. And so the devil has a plan, and it's to get us to take a bite of the fruit. See, we blame Adam and Eve, right? Oh, it's their fault. <laughs> they sinned first. And now we're all, but you know what? If it wasn't them, it would have been us. Y'all would have bit, actually, the Bible doesn't say it was an apple. It just says the fruit. But the problem is you can't just take one bite. You can't take a bite of the fruit and not get bound and not get trapped. All it takes is one bite. It may taste good, but it comes with chains and it comes with jail cells. That's what sin does. It enslaves you. It traps you. It's all in the devil's plans. But here's the good news. There's always good news when you have Jesus in the mix. It's called the gospel, the good news. And the good news is that Jesus had a plan also. Not The devil wasn't the only one with a plan. Jesus said, I got a plan too. The devil wants us bound, but Jesus wants us to be free. He wants us to be free. How is that going to happen? John 14, 6 says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Say forever. But forever also includes this time. We can't forget this time. If you were to uh, take the words another helper, those two, and you were to study it, another means someone just like me. So when Jesus says, I was going to send you another, he's saying, someone just like me, I am sending to you. And then helper, you've heard us, uh, heard us say this in, in, this, uh, in this series, comes from the Greek word parakletos. It's an appropriate word, but it falls terribly short in its answer and its definition of who the Holy Spirit really is. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit is whoever you need at the time you need him. He can be, he can do, nothing's impossible for him. So when we talk about having freedom, it's not just freedom from uh, eternal separation, but it's freedom to be who God has called us to be. And that means if, if we're going to grow spiritually, how many know you're going to need the Holy Spirit with you? He's going to be the one to, to help you do what you can't do. When the flesh starts to rise up, it's the spirit that comes to the battle. And it just depends on which one you choose. You see, we have this idea of what the devil looks like, right? We think he's the, we're always worried about the, the guy horns and the, the pointed tail, right? But I remember this one country song. Now, not so much, we love you if you love country. It's not my favorite genre. But somehow it makes an impact on me. And so there's one country song that says, the devil came knocking, and when I answered the door, he had blue eyes and was wearing blue jeans. Remember, we talked about the devil can dress things up and make it look good. And somehow when we see something, our flesh tells us, you need that. Or it's worth it. And it's really not. 
another just like me, a helper that is complete, more powerful than you could ever imagine. Jesus said, I will send to you, and he will be with you always. But here's the thing. It's not just him being with you. It's not like a, like a sidekick. It's the Bible says he dwells in you. He dwells within you. I don't know anything, any other design, any other plan that would make God any closer than that. That he dwells in us. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes it hard for me to do things sometimes. When I know the Holy Spirit is with me and there, he tells me immediately, I, 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 I don't touch. I, I, don't, don't look, don't look, don't look. Hello? I like what you said a couple years ago, Pastor Matt. He was preaching, and I can't remember what the subject was, but he talked about the billboards that we have in Las Vegas. And how men get beat up so much because the billboards, you know, they're kind of of a certain um, flavor, uh, you know. But then he said, don't worry, women, you got eye candy out there too. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Thunder from down under. (laughs) Whatever we need, the Holy Spirit is ready and willing and able to help us in our temptations, to help us in our, uh, our struggles, to help us in our fears, to help us in our worries. But even as I say that, it's like, it's like we're taking a defensive posture. You know, when, when something comes up against us, oh, we get the Holy Spirit to, to fight for us. Well, you know what? It goes beyond that. God wants you to be so free, free to be who he's called you to be. And so we read stories in the Bible of people who do great things. And we see examples of people in the church. And we say, man, I wish I could be like that. The short answer is you can. Another question, why can't you? Why can't you? The only thing stopping you is whether you employ the Holy Spirit or not. Not only will he be with you, he dwells inside of you. Why? Because he wants you to experience a victorious life now. He wants you to experience a full life now. Say now. Not tomorrow, not, not the day after. He, you can start now. He sends the Holy Spirit to dwell within us because he's the only one. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can make what the Bible says we can be, what God says we can be. It's only the Holy Spirit that can make that a reality. Finally, the Holy Spirit empowers you to walk your new life in freedom and power. Not just defensive. It's funny, I was watching the UFC last night. And, uh, you know, um, we were talking about this this morning. So, you know, we have fighters that we're fans of. They're not necessarily our, not necessarily our favorites. But, you know, we might, we might cheer for them and go for them. And so, you know, it's easy to criticize when you're on the other side of the screen. Right? And so I was texting with a, with a friend of mine. And we're just, we're just armchairing. You know, what is he doing? He's not, oh, he's not throwing anything. Oh, he's not being himself. You know, what happened to, to the three or four flurry, you know, combinations and all this stuff? He's all on defense. He's on defense. He's on defense. He's running. And so sometimes we think that Christianity is that we're always on defense, that we're always needing help. 
And God's saying, you need to stop that and start to change the way you think. Because God wants us to be victorious. And God doesn't want you running from the enemy. He wants you taking dominion and saying, you get out. You don't belong here. And we can do that with the enemy in our life. You don't belong here. But somehow we get comfortable with our roommates. Oh, just don't show up on Sundays. Flesh. Romans 8.10 says this. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, let me read that again. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it doesn't get any more powerful than that. And then the next is, if he dwells in you, is that guy in you? Because if he is, I want you to read the story again and see what can happen. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This can be another sub-point, but I won't make it a sub-point because when you do sermons, you're not supposed to have too many points, and Pastor Matt is here, so this is just a bonus, bonus thought, not a point. And that is that you have everything you need inside of you right now. Right now. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to live free from the requirements of the law. There's a whole list, and this isn't even exhaustive. This is just kind of what I had time to think of. He frees us from our own futile attempts of self-righteousness. Remember before you, need, uh, before you knew Jesus, you tried to do everything to be good, hoping that it would tip the scales in your favor, and okay, yeah, oh, God loves me now because I did enough. The Holy Spirit frees you from that. You don't have to work for that anymore. Because the Holy Spirit says, if I'm in you, if, if you're born again and I am in you, you're good. Yeah, you may slip up. Yeah, the flesh may show his ugly head every once in a while, but you're good. It's one of the privileges of being in relationship with God. He frees us from condemnation, from sin and death. He frees us. He gives us freedom from Satan's traps, and there's a lot out there. Part of my other sermon that I'm probably going to use again in a couple of weeks, Pastor Matt introduced me to this um, app uh, for fishing, Fish Brain. One of the things that the Fish Brain app does is it tells you, excuse me, it tells you whatever species of fish that you're trying to catch, it'll tell you what bait to use. It'll tell you what time of day, where, how deep, what pound test line, what, uh, everything. And so there are guys who their life is fishing and they have studied and studied and all that information gets put into an app. Guess who else studies? The devil knows every move that... He knows. Here's the thing. He doesn't have to change his plan sometimes. If it caught you once, he'll just reel it back in and throw it right back out there. 
I'm telling you, you need the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit because he will set you free from his traps. He gives us the freedom to be transformed into his likeness. Freedom and power to live a holy and fruitful life. Instead of eating the bad fruit, you'll be bearing good fruit. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That sounds hard, doesn't it? Except that when you don't have to be the one to do it. When the Holy Spirit empowers you. When he comes in and he reminds you. When he comes in and, you know, and then I, you know, I'll look back and say, wow, there's, wow, I did that? I, did, I didn't know that I can be like that. And I remember my pastor saying, you know what? I told my pastor, two weeks and I'm going to be backslidden. Watch. I told him straight up. I came to the front, gave my life to Jesus, and I told him, two weeks. You see my friends over there? I know them. That's who I hang out with. He said, I'll take your two weeks. I'll take it. You meet with me every week. You come to church every week. And I did. And then a couple of months later, he said, hey, guess what? You surpassed the two weeks. And I was like, yeah, I did. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Finally, he gives us freedom to walk in power and to walk in boldness. First, uh, Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy 1.7 says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. There it is again. You don't think you can do it. My Bible tells me you can. You can. And finally, John 8, 36. And I want this to ring as we leave here today. It says, so if the Son sets you free, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. doesn't matter what you say or think. doesn't matter what your friends say or think. If the Son has really set you free, you are free indeed. So you see, it's more than just receiving Jesus as Savior. He has a plan for us to receive freedom, but also to walk in it. Freedom is not seasonal. One thing DJ said this morning, he says, you know, when God talks about freedom, it's not just freedom on a Sunday, freedom during a good message, you know, and then freedom. This is permanent. This is permanent. Jesus said, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed, period. Jesus has paid the price for you on the cross. You've been redeemed and set free into this, this incredible life, this victorious life. He didn't sacrifice his life for you to remain bound. He didn't sacrifice his life for you so that you can live in defeat. Yes, there will be challenges. 
There will be difficulties in life. That's, that's a for sure. That's not an if. That's a for sure. But we do not go through them as defeated soldiers, but as victors in Christ because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's some serious power. That's some serious power. Father, thank you for the message today. And thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the, the holiday and uh, Lord, all that we have. And Lord, I know we, we talked in the beginning and we started off by appreciating the, the liberties and the freedoms that we have. And, you know, our, if I were to be totally honest, I'm not, I'm not proud of everything that happens in our nation. You know, nobody's ever perfect, God, but you are. And Lord, I know that your thumbprint, your signature, your plan is on this nation. So Lord, just first, thank you for what we have here. Thank you for allowing us uh, to be a part of what you're doing here in this, in this nation. But Lord, I pray that as we talk about liberties and freedom, that we wouldn't forget what you've given us in the spirit. And that's that we can walk in victory, that we don't have to be struggling all the time and, and defeated all the time, that all we have to do is call on you, just tap on you, and, and you'll come running, and that you'll flex on our behalf. Lord, I pray while I have the opportunity that you would continue to bless our nation. Father, that you continue to make wrong things right. Father, we, we repent for the, thing, the, the, the areas where we've strayed and, and gone wrong. Lord, I, we, just, we stand in the gap uh, for our nation. And, and Lord, the, the things that were wrong but now are called right. Father, forgive us. Lord, preserve us. And Lord, I thank you that you are still sovereign and you are still the providential God. So Lord, I pray for your plans to prevail and I pray for your, your protection. Lord, even when we go wrong, Lord, Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hold back judgment. Keep us right. We don't ever want to fall out of favor with you. Oh God. Before we go, is there anybody here? I'll just make this really quick. And you don't know God. Maybe you once walked with him. Maybe you've never even been to a church like this. But something in the message resonated with you. And you, there's a freedom that you don't have, but you want today. It only comes by entering a relationship with the one who created you. If you're here today and you want to get your life right and your heart right, would you raise your hand? And I just want to pray with you. We'll pray with you all together as a church. Is that anybody here? Thank you, Lord. We're all family. Father, bless this church. Lord, help us to represent you, not just our views. Lord, help us to represent you, not just our favorite news source. Lord, help us to represent you and what your word says and then empower us to be free to be who you called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.